Blog Talk Radio. are now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. What? Happy Friday, y'all. This is Let's Chat. I'm Miss Felicia. You know I got my right hand. Sometimes my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. We up in this chat room having a good old time tonight. We getting ready to kick it off with the director, author Aaron Bebo, and artist Bandana Bonds up in here. We're talking that talk about my craft is my life. Hmm. I like that. <laughs> my craft is my life. I like that. Welcome, everybody. My name is Tony. Once again, you're tuned into Let's Chat. Joined on my fantabulous co-host, Miss Alicia and as she just said, we're going to have a great show tonight. It is Friday night. It is time to get loose in the chat room. Welcome, everybody. Yes, so excited um, to have these two on tonight. You know, it's always an educating moment when Aaron Bebo is in here. So we suggest y'all get y'all pencils. Y'all papers, y'all notepads, crayon, whatever you want to use, because you know you're going to get a publishing education around these parts when Aaron Bebo is up in the building. Yes, absolutely. It's been a minute since we've been on, since his last book, actually. And uh, for those that may not be up to par, he just released an anthology. So make sure you head on over to where the books are sold. As well as I think it's on is it on Queen City Bullies Leash? I know it's at Amazon. So make sure you hit on over there and click that anthology by the director with the pen. It's Aaron Bebo. Yes. It's uh the anthology is called New York Shorties. And 
It has some fabulous authors in it. I don't know if you guys have checked it out. So we don't want to. We're going to be talking about the book. So if you haven't read it, you may want to wait to listen. Because, you know, we don't want to mess up nobody's um, reading process. So we are going to be giving some spoilers on here about the book. We're going to try to just talk about the style of writing and the different things that um, low-key we can talk about in the book without giving away everything. You know, I always appreciate Aaron's style of writing. I may not, you know, and I think that that comes from just having a love for the craft itself. But right. he has a unique style of writing. He always leaves his own signature uh, whenever you read any Aaron Bebo book. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has a style like no other. And uh, I was introduced to Bebo's pen a couple of years ago during his uh, his challenge with Cash. So it's been an uphill reading pleasure for me. I've gotten used to his pen. I've gotten used to expect certain things from his pen. And um, and in that time, I've also seen the growth of his pen. So that's a great thing to see. And uh, we're going to talk to Mr. Bebo about his latest works and everything else that's going on in Bebo's world when he gets up in the chat room. Absolutely. Now, you know, this book features um, Bag Ladies, which is by Aaron Bebo, Money Bags, which is by Philly Quarters. Now, the um, Circumstantial DNA by Langston Hughes, I like his pen. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. But he's in there as well, and trust no one. And that's, you know, the fabulous Keisha Green, who is now Keisha Frazier. She's in there as well. Mm. That's a good lineup. I can't wait to finish it. You know, I did get a start, but uh, we have so much going on. That pleasure reading time has kind of cut down, but I do try to make time for it because sometimes you just need to get into a different world than what you're presently sitting in. So I'm going to finish that up and put my review. And for those that do get that book, don't forget to leave those reviews. Absolutely, absolutely. And I I have so many because, you know, I I don't really read anthologies. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't even know why, but I know that as an author, they are a benefit. It's a it's a great way to be able to get your pen out there. Mm-hmm. So I really, really want to um, see like where he was coming from with the anthology mm-hmm. and what he wanted to bring to the readers through the anthology. So I'm excited. You know, Aaron, outside of being an author. And uh, he's a publisher as well from Bad Apple. So just the way his mind thinks as far as the industry itself, his mind Mm -hmm. is just awesome. Mm -hmm. He can run stuff down. He can tell you how stuff is going to turn out. He can tell you um, the ups, downs, sideways, backways. Just his knowledge of the industry all in itself is just a treat. So being Mm -hmm. able to talk about the industry and being able to sample his pen and share his pen with others. That's exciting for us. We're used to Aaron. We do real raw radio. We end up, we was in the clubhouse with Aaron. So I, I just love Aaron in general. 
So if he borrowed on the back of a paper sack, I probably would just buy it to support Aaron. I mean, but that's just how I am. We really love Aaron Bebo, so we support any and everything that he does. But if you've never read his book, that is a treat. If you've never heard him speak, that is an extra treat because he will always drop a jewel. Um, especially if you are a new author, if you are a publisher, um, and you just have questions, if you're an editor and you have questions, typesetting, he is really knowledgeable in everything. He's kind of like a 31 Mm -hmm. Flavors all in himself. (laughs) That's true, Leisha. You're absolutely right. And I want to even expound on what Leisha just shared with our audience. Um, I I see uh, Bebo, you know, and Nene as the pioneers that got Lisa and I into this this, this radio blog talk thing. And uh, I I hope Lisa can kind of agree with me, but, you know, we had great teachers in he and Nene, Lisa. You know, we, we, I feel comfortable in the, in the, on the mic. I feel, I feel comfortable. I'm getting even more comfortable. I'm finding my style because, you know, they had their style, and you see – how they operated, and and I'm just really blessed, and I'm really thankful for them taking us under their wing, um, and just letting us enjoy what we do. So thank you. Absolutely, you. I definitely that agree with that. that room. I definitely agree with that. Being able to, I think that between both of them, we just have like a different understanding. So like. Someone called me the other day, and I was like, the, what I said to them, they was like, oh, wow. And I was just like, because I was taught by, I would say, the best. Certain things mm-hmm. you just, you know, you just roll out because everybody has their niche. Everybody mm-hmm. has their niche. So when you see stuff on social media, it may not necessarily be that it's something really going down. It should just be something to draw people in to get their attention. So you never take mm-hmm. stuff on social I don't take stuff on social media um, serious, and nor right. does it require you to respond. Mm-hmm. But I or love participate. <laughs> Or participate, exactly. And I love Aaron's page because Aaron likes to incite thought. And it's mm-hmm. not that he's going after nobody. He's inciting thought. He's making people think outside of the box mm-hmm. because he, he's a thinker. Aaron is a thinker. He thinks outside of the box. And so people around him, that's the requirement. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's a good one, Leash. And, you know, we've always said when we were on Real World Radio in the clubhouse, he always had a tendency and a knack to get in my head and kind of know what I'm thinking. Remember those days, Leash? Like, he's like, I know you're over there thinking that, Miss Tony. I know you are. I'm like, man, this man is, I don't know how he does yeah, he's it. He's like, you can't say it, so I'm the same Tony. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yes. I know everybody like, y'all in this Bebo thing, we do. We love Bebo here on Let's Chat. You know, it's been, what, four, longer than that, because I've been married six years. It's mm-hmm. been like five years, you know what I'm saying? So you just yeah, the we, pie, you, the we pie, have a different love for together. Him. Yes, yeah, we it's, do. it's just a different love for him here on Let's Chat. This is always his home. He come on here whenever he get ready. Probably say whatever he want to. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we sure don't. <laughs> we 
just here. have to be sharing space. <laughs> That's right. So we're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to come back with the fabulous Aaron Bebo. He's not okay. only an author and a publisher, though. He got some skills on that mic. So we want the keys. And we'll be back. Okay. I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole grip when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole grip when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone Shorty like my body, set my name first Gonna make up, going the same person We out here on the grind she got the same thirst, I got a mind, body, and soul, three-round burst. My soldier in heels, the breast behind the ski mask, Netflix and chill. As I roll out the weed bag, she show how she feel. You know a nigga see that, she want my attention, and she know it's time to be back. I'm always down the block, put on Mary J. Blige. Pump like handles so she see a mirage. When it's deep, my rib can feel a squeeze from her thighs. I could tell that she mind by the look in her eyes. If we get caught in the act, we'll be sentenced to life. So when it's time to throw down, we don't ever think twice, taking shots at the missus, but this is my wife, so all them shots be misses, bitch, get you a life, I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on, one line at a time, one snore, she gone, like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong, roll up one whiff and I'm gone, I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on, one line at a time, one snore, she gone, like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong, roll up one whiff and I'm gone, how you doing, love? What's your name, number, and son? You so divine. Let me look at you from behind. Yeah, your body banging. Coke bottle, some type of model. Digging how when you move through the crowd, the eyes follow. Got my attention. You got my head spinning. The kind of feeling that got you tripping so revealing. Mind state of a hustler, your style so appealing. I'm looking for a trip to Bolivia if you willing. The boy taking Szechuan State and take a break from the day to day. We can get away on a holiday. Vibing, coasting, bragging, boasting. Chopping it up, back to back, blunts in motion Hugging the ocean, shopping, copping, designer Baby, tell me how that sound, I want the finer Things in life, A1 weed, papers and pipes And we can get it right I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone You are now tuned in to the mother and greatest. Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat. I am Miss Leisha. You know I got my girl, Miss Tony, and we here kicking it in the chat room. We got two fabulous guests, artist Bandana Bonds and the fabulous author and publisher Aaron Bebo. We're talking that talk today about my craft is my life. We're going to bring in Aaron, and he's going to make sure we told y'all, have y'all pencils, papers, crayons. 
notepads. <laughs> if you're in the car, you might want to get your eyeliner pencil and use that to jot down whatever jewel he about to drop because you're about to get some jewels, so I hope you're all ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, B. Hey, what's going What's good? How y'all ladies doing tonight? Hey, B. <laughs> what up, Miss Tony? How are you? I'm good. I am Yo. so happy to have you in the chat room tonight. Yes, man, I appreciate being here, and I really appreciate the the, the warm introduction you and Lisa gave me and just, just speaking on, you know, how we grew together and how we first, you know, just even you saying that, I, you know, I, I kind of like, you know, helped pioneer y'all start into the radio thing because I remember those early conversations when we just used to mm-hmm. be on the phone, just mm-hmm. us talking in the background. And we used to be talking like, nah, yo, we gotta do it like this because this is radio. We got oh, and y'all was just picking up everything so easy. It was like, like when we did the first. Remember we did the first run through show. He was like, yo, you should just went yeah. live. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, man. <laughs> oh man, those were good days. Remember yeah. how many calls we used to have. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. So, he had a show with Raven Sky, and I would listen yes. to him on that That's show Raven in the morning. Sky, man. Uh, really um, in the morning. Raven, Raven, and Aaron in the morning. That was that was a dope show. Yo, I, I've been yo. I'm telling you, man. I, I, that's another thing. I just want to say this, man. Anybody out there that might want to think about launching some radio, a radio show, or something like that. Like, holla at me, man, because I might could tell you a couple of little pointers to put it together. Just mm-hmm. a couple of little things, you know what I mean? I'm I'm pretty good with with you know setting up show topics and you know just different things, man. That that mm-hmm. deal with with blog talk. That's you know a, a big part of of um us winning the, the 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 award for best blog talk show was just us being so coordinated mm-hmm. and, and 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 like we was like we was a chorus together, all of us, mm-hmm. you know, me, you, yeah. Nene. You know, Alicia, like it was just, it was just all a, it was just a chorus, just beautiful. And then we had, we had great guests. Yes, that's right. And and the interviews <laughs> were, the interviews were lovely. Like the the guests just got bigger and bigger because of the way we was interviewing. Mhm. You know. And the chemistry, so, the, the our chemistry together right. was was flawless. Yeah, they loved it. Anybody that ever came on the show was like, yo, I love you. I I'll come back anytime. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about, you know, anybody from, you know, the local person that we talk to on Facebook to, like, A-list celebrities. Like, mm-hmm. they loved the way that we handled them and everything mm-hmm. was conducted. Yeah, that's that's right. Great. Like I said, you were the pioneer with us. You got us into the business, and we, we've we taken it, and I, we hope that you have seen our growth and uh, appreciate it and, and love what you see. Yo, you, know, you know what I love more than anything? Mm-hmm. That y'all ain't stop, yo. Like so many times, I see people start something and then right. stop. Like when certain uh-huh. little certain little branches fall off or or things mm-hmm. like that happen. Like I see people stop. Like oh well, all right, well this person left or that person ain't here no more. This ain't have like all right, well you know maybe this ain't what it is. I'm gonna just get away from this. Mm-hmm. I yo I it's like y'all stuck with it, man. That's for me, that's the biggest thing in the world. Like, I, I'd never be wanting to give up on nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No no matter what, what it is, like, 
no, even if I'm not doing excellent in it, mm-hmm. like I just I just want to keep going because I feel like, right. you know, if you stop, you never know. Mm-hmm. And y'all just right. kept it right going and built your own platform, your own audience. Like y'all self made right now. You know what I mean? Nobody wow. could take no credit from y'all. Like y'all self made. You, you know this, 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 this. Yeah, this is definitely not the platform that that y'all that y'all came from. Y'all launched this on your own and maintained mm-hmm. it. Mhm. Well, thank you, those Yes, and you know it's oh, it's. It's awesome because we love what we do. And mm-hmm. being able to experience the process and having learning and the understanding of not just radio but books and the industry and being able to just soak up knowledge. Sometimes people don't get that that intimate um, part of relationships when it comes mm-hmm. to being in the industry. And I just mm-hmm. love, and I appreciate both you and Nene because you guys taught us so much um, yeah. about radio, about books, about publishing, about being authors, readers, and I just really appreciate you guys for that. Yeah, thank I, you. I thank that. you. I definitely, okay. you know, I'll be one. I, I just, I, I really be just, I, I try to, to. Uh, Give the information out if if I have it, if somebody's mm-hmm. doing something because well, I I don't want to hoard the information and and hinder the process or whatever it is from growing. Like especially mm-hmm. like if I, if I just got the seeds, but I'm not planning on making no garden with them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Why hoard them? You know, just give them out and let somebody else plant plant the plant the seeds and build their own garden. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's true, but you know, Absolutely. Lee, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. And I'm not sure if Risha is, is, uh, um, would kind of agree with me, but with you and Nini setting the bar and and enabling Lisha and I to to step into this realm, I kind of hold other books and character development and certain aspects of the literature. I hold them to a certain level because that's the level that I was taught. If that makes sense. Because nah, you know, yeah. you show, you, you've shown us what it is to be successful in this industry, as you've shown us what it is that can take you out of the industry as well. So you kind of Absolutely. set standards, and you may not even realize you're setting those standards. But when I read something, I look for that character development. Now I look for that relationship within the character. I, I look for that that draw between the reader and the author and the story. So those are the things that I have been taught. By, by two awesome authors in this industry, and, and those are just standards that you don't even realize that you hold others a- accountable for, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I definitely no, I agree it. with that. And the signature, okay. being able to look and recognize an author's signature. Every author leaves his mm-hmm. own signature in a book. And being able to, right. to pick out what their signature is brings appreciation like, I uh, just appreciate the way Aaron crafts a book, just his thought process mm-hmm. on just the mm-hmm. behind the scenes on him putting, uh, putting books together. It's just really exciting to me because I just know his mind. It's just, when I say his mind is awesome, y'all, I ain't just saying that. His mind is really <laughs> awesome, when, especially when it comes to writing. He's like he strategically puts things together. 
and it, mm-hmm. a lot of things are done on purpose. And so we, I really mm-hmm. appreciate his skin more when I'm able to um, experience that. Mm-hmm. Now, Erin, you have a publishing company. Tell us a little bit about Bad Apple. Bad Apple is um, it's a publishing company. I, I started um, first. I had a the, the original publishing company I had was called Story to Tell. And um, I changed it over with, to Bad Apple, actually, because I was getting a, I was getting a lot of flack from from mm-hmm. different people in and in and around the industry. You know what I mean? Like I was kind of sort of like dubbed like the bad guy around the industry. You know, for mm-hmm. some, you know certain statements I may make or you know whatever it may have been that I, I may have done that somebody you know didn't appreciate or, or like. You know, because you can't you can't dictate for others. What, what the issue is, you know, so um, I, I took that, and me being creative, you know, I was like, yo, you know, I'm about to just change my change my um, company over to Bad Apple now, because now I guess that'll just be my representation of just, you know, the Bad Apple thing. So that was that was the beginning of it, and then I just developed a whole idea around it, like, you know, really making the bad apple be the standout instead of being the bad apple in the bunch. You know, that was that that became my ultimate idea after I, my thought process of what I wanted to create with the with the name. I'm like, you know, I want to be the bad apple don't have to spoil the bunch. The bad apple could be standing out away from the bunch and I always view myself as a standout within this industry. So it just it just was fitting to my character. So that was the idea behind it and um you know, I'm still developing a, a, a lot of things behind um, Bad Apple. Like right now, I, I got this thing I'm doing called the um, Retired Writers, Writers League, which I want to um, talk about that. And one of um, one of the authors I got, Langston Hughes, is actually going to be one of the first authors I um, release. And um, mm-hmm. the 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 Retired Writers League is not like retired writers, but it's more like I'm looking for when I like how y'all said y'all y'all have a certain standard. I have a certain mm-hmm. standard of writing that I want that that I want to put out and that I want to read. Mm-hmm. You know, so for a long time I was just just getting frustrated with different things around the industry, and then just looking at different things in the world, I started. You know, these last two semesters, I had um, marketing and critical thinking. So these, I, it was, it was, a lot of things just came and just I was opening up. I'm like, all right, you know what? A lot of people in the world are grasping this concept of out with the old and in with the new. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So right. I feel like you can't go out with the old and in with the new. The new has to be qualified to take over the old. Mm-hmm. But regardless to that, whether, you know, how, how else anyone else sees it, I, I just feel like what I'm doing with this retired writers league is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to keep writers that, that maintain substance and good quality writing, plot development, character development, uh-huh. uh, good word usage. Uh, mm, that's a great uh, idea, sub, sub, yes, subject matter. 
um, the the richness of of the genre. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Because I I don't feel like I I don't feel like it's, we we could even allow right. the old to replace the new at this point because the new, in my eyes, it's just my opinion. It's in a such a very very immature stage mm-hmm. that you know it really doesn't have any its own legs to stand on. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I I'm trying to keep some preservation within the within the craft of writing with mm-hmm. with a certain specific group of individuals, certain specific type of books catered to certain type of readers. Mm-hmm. You know, people that are looking for substance content. Got you know three, four, five hours to sit down and really read a book and try to you know really get into the book, right? As opposed to just you know skimming through it, hurrying up, trying to get to the next one, like really trying to see where this writer was coming from. Hmm. So I'm looking for, for, for yes, right, and really be able to give a a, a good review. You know, mm-hmm. like if you read a 300 page book. You should at least be able to leave four or five paragraphs in a review. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you, you would look at all the content, 300 something pages. Like, you That's should be lot. able to do that. Right. So, you know, I, I'm, looking for the, I'm looking for those readers from, from mm-hmm. that time mm-hmm. period who still appreciate that type of work within mm-hmm. this genre. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I'm just coming also, up with the Retired Writers League. And that's mm-hmm. about that. I got a couple of authors, like I said, Langston Hughes. I'm dropping, I'm dropping that name because that's going to be one of the first releases from Bad Apple. Mm-hmm. And um, Langston Hughes is magnificent. Like I, I don't, I don't, really, I don't think his thought I process. I just like that for, name. <laughs> yeah, his thought process for for writing mm-hmm. the things that he's writing about, that the subject matter that he's bringing along is just. You know, so. Well, we look at I like his pen. I like his pen. It's really smooth. Um, he has. If you guys haven't read New York, um, Shorties, the Shorty. anthology that um Bad Apple put yeah. out, he is the third story in that book, and mm-hmm. his pen style is is really smooth. The way he mm-hmm. he maneuvers, and I'm really big into transition, transitioning from thought-to-thought, character-to-character. Sometimes when authors transition, it's not a smooth transition. It's choppy or, you know, it leaves you kind of hanging, but his pen is really smooth. Make sure you guys go out and get a little sample um, of Langston Hughes' pen in the anthology, uh, anthology New York Shorties. Now, Aaron, why did you do the anthology? What was the thought behind that? Uh, I just wanted to, like, have have a period to where authors can have stories out while they're working on other projects. And I just wanted to create a, a just just a little theme, like a little a New York Minute, short stories, New York shorties, just a New York Minute. So I, I wanted to, at first I just wanted all, like, you know, is it, sometimes my thoughts need more development as they're going on, and I'm glad I keep thinking to develop things to make a better at first, I just wanted all stories, shorts, based in New York, female character leads, and that was going to be mm-hmm. the, the total concept, New York shorts. Mm-hmm. But as, you know, I started 
getting further further into the project and thinking about it more and more, like, yo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this going, just having different sets of authors and different values. And um, I was thinking, I said, you know what, it, it just shouldn't be that type of stipulation mm-hmm. on the writing. There should just be, a, you know, just short stories, good short stories, good content. And, um, you know, I could still continue with the name, New York Shorties is like they short stories. New York Minute is a, is a popular phrase. You already know what, what that's about. And then the shorties is, is the short story. So I, I was like, I right, it still fits. It still ah, works. I like that. I see it now. I see. I see where, yeah. where you're going with that. Okay, I like right. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, that's, that's 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 that was the whole thing with that, and then it, it developed into what I just told you. So I'm basically going to probably be releasing like maybe. Three to four, three to four of those a year. Like every year, it's probably gonna be like four of those. Like every three months, and then different a different group of authors, or maybe some of the same ones. You know, with new stories, new content, and that keeps that will also help keep them relevant in between projects. Mm-hmm. You know, to have something out, okay. you could write a little ten thousand, fifteen thousand short, and have What's that out there. Right, and while, <laughs> yeah, while you putting together, you know. The full, the full thing, and and you know it's it's, it's more promotion, you know, right. getting That's out right. there, getting your name out there, and you know so. I just Why thought it was, it, was, it was a good idea. Pro- it is a good idea. You're listening to Let's Chat. My name is Tony, and I am joined by my fantabulous co-host Miss Alicia, and you're listening to the multi-talented Mr. Director with the pen, Aaron Bebo. Uh, we have a caller. Do you feel like taking a call? Yes, definitely, definitely, always. Okay. Okay, we got 302-505. You are live in the chat room. What's your name and where are you calling from? It's that's Raven Storm. How are you? Hey, baby. Hey, I got y'all twice in one week. Boy, I'm doing good. <laughs> Usually I miss y'all. And Yo, hi, that, this is, I'm definitely, I'm definitely about to fall out. Raven Sky, what's good? Hi, how are you? I'm um, good, first man. Of all, let me let me tell you, um, kudos to you. Um, I'm gonna go back into time because um, I listened to what you were saying about the fact that um, that a lot of the books that's coming out uh, seems to be immature, and mm-hmm. I disagree. And I agree. I disagree that it's immature. I think it's more repetitious than anything else. Mm-hmm. I find that the same things that I read, I've read before. Different names, different places, but it's the same thing, the same format. And I don't know if there's writers that's trying to capitalize on the success of other writers that came before them by trying to emulate what they've already written, but it's stagnant. A lot that I read. Mm-hmm. Your best work to me, to be honest, and I loved it because it was so different, it was such a change, is Areas of Grey. Mm-hmm. I really right. enjoyed that because you did a different twist, you did a different thing to it, showing more diversity than mainstream. Mm-hmm. And right. I think Absolutely. that's what's going on. Yeah, I think that's what's going on today is just the, there is no 
creativity in the characters or the storyline. This is the reason why I took my book and put it into a different genre. Because mm-hmm. being black doesn't mean you have to write uh, street lit or urban. We got some wonderful writers out there that are writing sci-fi, like Octavia Butler, L.A. Banks, Mia Mintz. You got people who are writing paranormal, like Rashida Baldwin, you know, um, Ariel. You got a lot of people that's out there doing a whole lot of different things other than urban and street lit. And you mentioned... Mm-hmm. Um, Balls, you, you mentioned Langston Hughes, but I'm going to tell you somebody else who wrote the pen, who really, to me, was a trendsetter also uh, for back in the days, and that's Donald Goins. He wrote Street Lit, but it had an edge to it. It wasn't just an ordinary prostitute, pimp, drug dealer, thug type scenario. It had a basis to it. It had a substance to it. And I think mm-hmm. that's what's missing today. They're just throwing in a bunch of holes, thugs, and niggas, but it don't have no substance. The storyline mm-hmm. is not meaty. It's just something to say. Well, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. And I just want to um, step in a little bit because I think it comes from lack of understanding. A lot of people write, but they don't write to understand or appreciate the craft. So if you aren't, um, if you just are a creative writer, I think there's a difference between someone that's a creative writer and someone that is an author that, that writes to the masses. I think that you have to have an understanding of how things work and why things work. That's why they may not have developed characters. They may Because they don't know. They don't know about show versus tale. They don't know because... It's just they're focused on the writing and not understanding the craft itself or even sharpening their pen. True. True. Yeah. Can you and talk then, a little you know, bit about that, Aaron? Yeah. The, 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 I was just about to say, you have this very big difference between an author and a writer. And I, that's, that's, that's become so much more apparent to me in these times more than anything. Because a lot of times I, I, I'll... I I'll be look at I'll be like, nah, this ain't a writer. You know what I mean? Like this is just this is an author. This is somebody who wrote something, they authored it and they put it out. A writer understands language, they know language, they work it. That's right. They control it. Like when I write, I'm controlling the words. Like when I when for, when I wrote bag ladies if, if, when, if, when the reader's reading that, there's a story about girls. The highlight of it, the, the language is saying that. The fabric of my words is I'm designing and I'm stitching them together within the storyline, even when the characters ain't talking, is saying that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just the phrases, like just like how I just did just now. <laughs> but it, 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 yeah. even, in the same, even in the same sense of the characters, mm-hmm. like I'm building, I'm, I'm putting all these elements in there. People ain't mm-hmm. putting elements in there because you know what, though? I think it's just my opinion, and, and that's why I'm doing the Retired Writers League because I want to separate myself away from what's, what's being put out there because I know I'm on a different caliber as a writer. So, and I agree with you there. I agree with you there because it's a way of forming the story because even when you did Accidental Nut, 
the way you fabricated the storyline. Right, the word usage. Right. You wove a story. And how it was put together. Right, how it was put together. Like you know, right. What I was going to say is with these, with these new authors is that they know that they're, they're, they're writing for an expected audience. And what I mean by that is they know that their audience ain't concentrating on that. So they don't, have to, they don't have to incorporate those elements within mm-hmm. their writing to achieve what they're going to feel is success. Amongst the audience that they're writing for You you feel what I'm saying yeah. I'm writing for a whole nother audience Like I know mm-hmm. for a fact Right And I say this all the time Change for a dollar to me was A poorly written effort In the in the, in the sense of, of writing But the mm-hmm. story Was amazing Right That's what, that's what saved the book the story. And I'm glad you said that I'm glad you said that because that touches on something else, too. You know, I got four books out. My first book, I sat down, and I read it for the first time about, it was back in October. And I read the book, just reading my own book. I said, hold up, wait a minute. Now, I had someone who was a friend who worked as a teacher who said she would, for free, edit my book. Oh, my God, I found so many damn mistakes that I made that wasn't corrected. I had to go around, go back, hire someone to re-edit my book. It's very important to have editing. Right. Because poor writing, and I see a lot of that today, Mm-hmm. Takes away from anything that you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. It really does. Well, it depends on the audience, though. See, that's what I'm saying. Like some of this, some of this, some of this material, right? That's why I really sat around and thought about this retired writers league thing because I, you, I, you have to separate yourself away from this, or either you're in it or you, or you're, 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 you're not. Like I'm not. I don't like the audience itself is. Content with that type of content, you feel right. so like you, you have to you have to separate your because you have to know that that's not your audience. Like you have to understand that you have to just be like, oh, you know what? I'm bugging. It's not them. It is me because this is not my that's audience. Right. Right. I can't. I'm glad I you can't said reach, that. I can't <laughs> reach them. I can't reach them because I'm up here. Not saying that right. I'm on a pedestal. Let me, let me not even say up here. I'm over here. I'm over yeah. here. Yeah. And they're yeah. over there. That's right. You right. feel me? Like yeah. the, the, when 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 I put my when I put my book in front of them, they're gonna be like, Nah, this is really not for me because I because you have to think. Right. Like this ain't gonna be the this this is not gonna be a, a transition of club scene ratchet chick shootout money right. club scene ratchet chick mm-hmm. shootout. Money, like this is not when, when you sit there, you have to sit down right. and read this. And, and within the first fifteen pages, with within the first fifteen pages, when when my work gets introduced, 
the probably before the first fifteen pages, the reader's gonna automatically identify one thing, which is good for me. But they're gonna it's gonna become a critical point for them. They're gonna realize immediately that this is not that shit they've been reading. That's, that's right. The, for real. I'm and not I'm no disrespect to nobody. That, no disrespect but it, to nobody. But, it, but this is a fact. This is anybody that read. Yo, this is for anybody that ever read me. Anybody that's on the right. phone. Yep. Everybody on the phone's read but me. So if I'm lying, just, be, just correct me. Like, you just want to know immediately. Like, yo, this is not. That's good. Yeah. Right, that comes me. from the author is not understanding. An author has to know who their audience is. And I don't care if you're signed mm-hmm. to a publishing company or not. If you have a contemporary book and you're trying to sell that, now it's possible. But if you have a contemporary book and you're trying to sell it to readers that love street lit, your book is not really going to do well. Exactly. Now, there are authors like Nene Capri, T-Styles, uh, T Aaron Bebo, Wahida Clark, they can put multiple genres in their book and be able to grab those different readers. But everybody, especially a new author, does not have that skill because their pen isn't as seasoned to know to put a little bit of suspense in there, a little bit of mystery. Okay, now we gotta we gotta put a little erotic, put a little romance because I want to be able to grab every type of reader's mm-hmm. talent. I need to pull them yeah, into right my away. story, and every, right. but they don't know who their audience is. We thank you right. so much, Raven. We want you to continue to listen. Go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry. No, I'm just y'all. I'm I'm just saying. I just realized. I realized that you know I'm I'm not for a a certain audience. You feel mm-hmm. me? Like I I really mm-hmm. know that. I, I I acknowledge that, and. Along with that, along with this thing I'm doing with the Retired Writers League thing, also the things that I'm saying in terms of publishing, I want people to stop taking offense to because I'm not talking about them because I'm over here and they're over there. So when I'm putting the information out or I'm making a statement or whatever I'm saying about publishing, don't take offense to it because I'm talking to my people, the ones who want the information, the ones who mm-hmm. really going to go see if I know what I'm talking about and, and be unbiased, not already be thinking like, oh, he don't know what he's talking about, and then go research it and see that I might know what I'm talking about and just, just leave it alone. Like, uh, man, I ain't going to keep doing this. I'm going back over here in this group. You know what I mean? I'm talking mm-hmm. to the people who are really going to, who want the information, who who mm-hmm. who who do appreciate what I do. So even if it's only five people versus 5,000, those are the five people I'm talking to. So everybody else don't even need to take offense anymore because I'm clearly, I'm definitely not talking to nobody that is over there. Like mm-hmm. if, if, if you're not over here with me in terms of how I feel about literature and how I view it, and, and we have the same type of principles in, in, in the sense of just craft, and and, mm-hmm. and preservation and things like that, and and having a certain a certain integrity about the genre, then I'm not talking to you ever. When I say anything, I'm not even talking to you. So don't even take offense. Mm-hmm. And along with not taking offense, don't kick block. Don't kick no blocks from under me. Just because you mm-hmm. don't like don't don't say fuck me because I'm not talking to you. Like, even if you doing what I'm saying, don't say fuck me because I'm not talking to you because you're doing that over there. And it's right. working for you. That's your audience. You have that audience over there. 
So mm-hmm. you don't have to say fuck me because I'm making a statement about something that I may feel like may need to be known for people who do feel like me. Mm-hmm. And see, that's the thing with that's another thing that that the 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 the, the fog in 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 this um time that we in of trend and social media and all that like people feel like you can't have an opinion on the opposite side of theirs and what I mean by that is you'll see people saying things all day Mm -hmm. but the moment a certain person says something it becomes a gray area you've been opinionated all day Like so, I, I've even heard. I don't even heard people go as far as talk about putting their hands on people for their opinions. Oh. And I'm oh, like, yo, I wish, like, and see, this was when I was still not recognizing the difference in the audience and this. But I was so ignorant, caught up in, and it was so confusing to me that I was so. I was like, man, I wish somebody would try to <laughs> act like they're gonna do something to me about something I'm saying and somebody saying something all day. Mm-hmm. I wish somebody would. Like, like for real, but see, but, but see, I had to step out of that, that mind frame too, because that's not good. That's not good for literature. Right. You feel that's me? Right. Having them type of attitudes, and because now, now you showing up at an event, or I'm already riled up, like, all right, <laughs> boom. So now I got me misinterpreted. <laughs> yeah, and something could be easily misinterpreted too, and go the wrong mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm like, you know, I already, already said they're gonna do this. Let me see. You feel me? Like for real? Cause you, you be going, you be but nah, you be buzzing already. If somebody to say some something crazy like that, and it was getting mm-hmm. to that, like mm-hmm. you see, you see it on social media all the time. People talking crazy to people, mm-hmm. and you know, that's not the atmosphere. That's why I said I had to change my mind frame on that too. Like yo, that's stupid. Like I, that's childish. You uh-huh. feel me? Like, and it would, would, that's another thing that needs to be taken. In my opinion, all this is my opinion. Like, I feel like I don't want that, and my audience ain't even going to buy that. You feel me? Because the people that I'm selling to that are going to appreciate my literature, they're not even about that, yo. Mm Mm-hmm. They're not even about that. You know what I mean? Their mind is in another place, so I can't be about that. Like, I'm fixing things. I'm fixing myself, Mm -hmm. and I'm adjusting to the things around me, you know what I mean. I, I, I credit all of this to just going back to school and getting in a in a educational form because I was starting to really feel like my intellect really wasn't what it was because I'm so busy looking at all this other crazy energy, and I'm like, yo, how are people being so receptive to this? Like, because it mm-hmm. makes no sense. Like, when I'm looking, I'm like, yo, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like A versus A versus Z makes no sense, but people keep running the Z. Okay. <laughs> Boom. And then, when, then once I got back in the educational form and I started exhibiting my intellect in a, around other and people with intellect, <laughs> professors, other students, people that's continuing learning, I was like, oh, nah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not tripping. Like I'm still, a, I'm still the bright shining star I thought I was. I'm just mm-hmm. in the wrong area. I'm, I'm, I'm giving my mm-hmm. energy to the brain. It took school for for me to really realize that and just be talking mm-hmm. to different intellects and building and talking with different people that could 
you know, understand my perspective or correct my perspective when it was out of place in a manner that was correct, you know what I mean, with some intellect behind it. So it, it took me to go back to school to really start building. I'm like, yeah, let me, I got to start fixing myself. And and then the first thing I need to do is get in weight because I'm I, like, my intellect is, is I'm I'm not I'm definitely not standing on on the same level with 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 most of my peers on on terms mm-hmm. of intellect like at, at a foundation like we on a foundation like my my joint gonna be a little raised up a little higher and that's not me being arrogant or nothing like it's just actual fact I'm mm-hmm. there's nothing average about my intelligence mm-hmm. so you know what I mean it's just I had to really start and I knew this but I was so confused. By what was going on, what had happened was I had got drawn into the people. You feel me? I got drawn mm-hmm. into a crowd. And right. then I'm now I'm in the crowd, and I'm like, yo, what am I doing here? What are all these people doing? Why are they doing this? Like, this is crazy. Hey, y'all. Y'all, why are y'all doing this? And I keep saying that, and nobody's listening, and people keep walking by me doing what they're doing. And I'm like, hey, like, and then to finally I'm like, yo, hold up. What am I doing? Like, this ain't even my crowd. No, what? They don't get it. Like, yo, let me go over here. <laughs> For mm-hmm. real, but it took school though. It took school for me to for, for me to realize that I already knew it, but I had got lost. And then I it took that to grab me back, like, oh love, like you know what I mean, you around deans and professors and other people with high intellect and you know, they, these people done, and they respected you to the to the fullest. Like they right you right on beat to them. But you know, B um it sounds like it also uh, enabled you to tap into the intellect of viewers that was dormant, you know, that hadn't had a, 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 a avenue right. come out. Uh, so, so that's a great thing because it made yeah. you tap into you, and it made you grow into into more of an intellectual um, artist than you already were. Yes, because if you won't be using it, like if you, if you don't use it, you, you start it. losing it. You know what I mean, like. And I was just, I, my energy was going to so much, so much stuff that was, you know what I mean, like, that wasn't me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I thought it was me, mm-hmm. but it it just really wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, that is, is not my representation. Mm-hmm. We just, uh, a, a lot of, I just realized that on a lot of things, we just on the opposite side of the pole. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I got my stance and take on it, and others got their stance and take on it. And mm-hmm. until somebody want to sit down and have a formal debate for facts, and we fact check and research and bring the tools of learning and education and intelligence to the table, until somebody want to sit down and do that, mm-hmm. then I just gotta stay away. From that other side, like I'm ready to, I'm ready to debate the issue with whoever at any time. But nobody really don't want to have a formal debate. Like on that side, it's all about who's cool with who, and it's just me on the outside looking in. This is what I, what I perceive. Who's cool with who, or who this person, that person, inbox, private telephone calls, meeting number, everybody except for who they need to be really talking to. That type of thing. You feel but, you me? know, so, B, a good debate is like a thing of the a good debate is like a thing of the past. I used to love the the debate club in school. 
You know, you, you get out right. there and, and you, you spar with your words, with your knowledge. Yeah. Uh, those, those, those are like forgotten times. But I want to ask you. Nah, it's you, not. Yeah, it is, but not in a certain circle. Like I said, school, you get it again. School, exactly, refreshed. in school. <laughs> in school. But I wanted to ask you, what are the requirements? I want to go back to your anthology. And you guys make sure you pick up New York Shorties, Aaron Bebo, and company. But what... Um, what is it that you look for when you when you gather the art, the authors and put together? What is it that that draws you to them to want to work with them on that? I'm looking for uh, uh, something like when I start reading it, I'm like, oh shit, like this don't this don't sound like nothing. Mm-hmm. Like this sounds like this sounds original. Mm. Like this sounds like somebody's trying to bring something that that hasn't been brought before. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's the first that's the first thing I'm looking for and really once from there cuz if, if a person possesses that you pretty much they pretty much going if they could keep that going throughout the story they pretty much going to nail it because the originality thing is so so bizarre right now you feel me like uh-huh. and what I mean by that is like a long sample is becoming a <laughs> A long sample is becoming good art now. You feel me? Like mm-hmm. it's so, so. It's like no, but like originality is 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 is, is crazy right now. People mm-hmm. come up with something that that they saw the day before, and whoever get the most likes will end up being the originator. You feel me? Like so, the lines wow. of originality are so blurred mm-hmm. right now. Like I want to see, mm-hmm. I want to see some originality. Like I want to see mm. people bring in true literature. Um, I want to see a, a a lot of different. If you're a writer, I feel like your your vocabulary should be like extensive. Like I don't want to read your same words over and over. Mm. I, and see, and and a lot of times authors think that's part of having a signature when it's really not. It's just being mm. repetitive. Yeah, it's being repetitive, and, and, and a person with a good eye is going to spot that and be like, yo, this author is repetitive. You know, why don't they find a new word to use? Mm-hmm. Every time they say this, they're using these same, they're grouping these same words same together. Word. That's that you know word. what I mean? So, mm-hmm. Now, yeah. you've, been in the, you've been in the industry for a minute, B, and uh, you've seen the gamut of things. Um, for those that are listening, this is Tony, and I'm talking to the great... Mr. Amy Bebo here on Let's Chat, and my girl Miss Lisa sitting over there in the queue waiting to jump in. But what are some of the tools, and, and part of the, the word usage is part of it, what are some of the tools from back in the day that technology has replaced that you 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 wish would kind of come back into the forefront? Yo, you know what? It's going to sound funny, right? But just simply... A, 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 a paperback dictionary and a paperback thesaurus. I, I knew because you were going to say that. Those, 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 <laughs> I know. Those, those computer versions aren't number uh-huh. one aren't extensive enough. Uh huh. Meaning, meaning the dictionary is not going to offer enough of, of a definition for right. any word you look up for, and the thesaurus right. is not going to give you as many possibilities as you could possibly have. And mm. another thing I've seen is when people read and write. People are so busy when I and see that's what I'm saying about you know different audience like 
the audience that I, I know, the ones that I knew that were reading and uh, that I, I, I was, I'm a reader first. I tell people that all the time. Mm-hmm. That's why I, 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 I can see these things. But, um, like, they look at, they, they, they don't. They won't go look up a word. Like they'll just keep reading. I used to stop. I would, I would fold the page <laughs> in the back and go get a dictionary and look up the word if I did not know it, yo. Because I, I immediately wanted to add it to my vocabulary because now I know that the word exists. And how if I've never seen it before, right? If I've never seen it before, okay, this is a word. Let me see what this is. Boom. Go. I now got the definition. I need to add this to my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. You know, like like I said, people don't be having extended vocabularies. Another thing, too, people are not reading no more. People are just mm-hmm. writing. That's why all these stories are sounding the same. People mm-hmm. are just writing, yo. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, so, but it's just... I don't know, but again, you know what? It's different sides, though. Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's people. You gotta find your audience, right? Like you know, what I mean, audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta find your audience. That's what it's all about. Don't waste a lot of time trying to convince people. Like I'll be seeing authors sometimes saying different things to readers, not readers individually, but just like general posts, like. Oh, y'all don't want to support my books because of this or y'all did this and that and the third. And I'll be like, yo. Mm-hmm. Even when people thought I I was wilding out or I'd be wilding out on Facebook or whatever, I never be <laughs> I never use that as a anything as a crutch to sell my book or to direct attention from whatever somebody else is selling to be like, yo, buy my joint. And I'm not saying nothing is is wrong with that, but what I am saying is when when you have to do that that mm-hmm. means you pitching to the wrong audience. Mm-hmm. Like, stop yeah. pitching to the wrong audience. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is just all marketing. This is all simple marketing, simple marketing. Mm-hmm. Like, right. stop pitching to the wrong audience. That's not your audience. Mm-hmm. If you're giving people books and they're not leaving reviews and this, that, and the third, and you do it maybe once, twice, then you leave them alone. Forget the friendship or whatever. If they stop messing with you, just let them stop messing with you. Because what are you, mm-hmm. you're not gaining nothing from that anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, that's not your audience. If you're right. going to give somebody something and they can't come back and leave you a review, or they know they don't have time to even deal with it and just don't tell you, like, nah, I, I can't even do that. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Then you just leave them alone. Like you don't get upset with them, and hopefully they don't get upset with you. You know what I mean? But the crime and the things right now that people get so upset about, like for and like I just like the example I just gave. Like I be seeing authors put out like, yo, I done gave out these books, and you know I ain't getting the reviews. He wouldn't leave reviews or whatever, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. You they'll say that, and the person who was supposed to leave the review and got the free book. Mm-hmm. Well, then get upset with them, with the author, like, yo, I ain't read mm-hmm. that book yet. I ain't, I might not read it now because I ain't like the last, but then it'll turn into that because people become so sensitive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They won't look at the fact, like, they won't look at, like, yo, you know what? I did take that book. I committed 
myself. And see, this is another thing. See, this is word usage. <laughs> Commit, I committed myself to this when I accepted the book under the terms. But fuck that. Don't rush me. Like, nah, it can't be both ways. But when you have that type of audience, then, you know, that's your audience. You know that's how that audience is right there? Then you can't fuck with you gotta, you gotta, You have to get, go to another audience. You have to find another circle. You feel me? Like, it's not worth holding on to so they'll come talk to you in the morning or throughout the day or whatever. You feel me? Or they'll like things that you say throughout the day or whatever. It's not worth right. holding on to. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm not even talking about mm -hmm. a dollar here because notice I said the book was free. You feel me? I'm talking mm -hmm. about, seriously, I'm talking about the, the type of people you entertaining when you're mm -hmm. trying to be in business. Mm -hmm. So I, and the only reason why I pointed out that the book was free is because I don't want nobody to think I'm talking about a dollar here. Like, oh, he's trying to figure out how to sell books. No, I'm talking about audience. I'm never going away from the subject. Always stay with me. and You'll see I'm always there. Like, I'm never going away from the subject. Like, the audience, you have to watch the audience you entertain it. Like, if you see that these people, it's better to just not deal with them no more. Like, yo, you know what? I'm just really not giving them no more books, period. I don't care how bad I want to get these reviews or get my brink up or hope that they leave a review this time. I really can't. Because every time you do that, you dishonor yourself because they've already dishonored you and you allowed it over and over again. And not only that, you've made it public. So others know, like right now I'm talking about that because I've never made a post like that. Like I've given out books and haven't gotten reviews from people, but you're not going to see me come out and say, yo, blah, blah, blah. I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. You feel wow. me? I'm not doing yeah. that. You have to, and this was yeah. even before I even realized about the audience thing because I just told you, like I just started realizing this audience thing within the, like the last five to six months. You know what I mean? Going to school hard and picking up different things. And so I'm like, all right, boom, this is what I got to do. Mm. You know, so, like, but I just, I never did that. I was never one of those people that did that. And in terms of just being an author or a writer, as far as my, anybody that support me or whatever, if they do or they don't, whenever somebody do anything, support, save my money, I always come and say thank you very much for your time and support. I see people tagging yeah. people to death that never even show up, and they keep tagging them and will overlook you. So you know why? Because that's not your audience. <laughs> you feel me? Like, stop telling them to, like, hey, look, me over here, jumping up and mm -hmm. down, waving your hand. That's not your audience. Wow. Let them well, stay I, I over there. You, and you'll, you save, you'll save yourself a lot of time and a lot of money. And let me get into that when I say that. Because when it's not your audience, right? you'll know what type of events and things to stay away from, and you won't invest your time and money into it and lose money. Mm -hmm. that's good because point. you'll know your audience. Like if you already, you'd be like, oh, nah, that's their audience. I ain't going to be able to get no paper there. Mm -hmm. I might get to meet some Absolutely. people and boom, boom, or whatever. Now, you, if that's what your intentions are, then know that. But if, if you already know, you can you not, you you already not fitting in with the audience. Why would you invest in, in going somewhere where the audience is already not yours? Mm -hmm. That's just something yeah, I'm putting out there. I'm absolutely. not trying to say nothing about nobody or nothing, no event. No, I'm not mentioning no events. I'm, I'm, I'm saying overall, generally, any event, 
if you already know that the audience is not yours, if it's already apparent to you, why would you, and then again, stop trying to convince people. You feel me? The time that you, the time that you spend trying to convince this crowd over here, you're going to lose $2 million over here. Because there's somebody over here that's waiting for you to come over there and share the things that you're talking about with them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know I mean? you just now, we appreciate you, B, for bringing that point. up because a lot of times people don't understand their audience. And it's important as authors, not only we think just authors, any industry that you are in, you have to understand your audience. You have to understand your fan base, what they need, what they desire, because that's the way you keep yourself relevant in their world. This is Last Chat. I'm Miss Leisha. You know, I got my girl, the fabulous Miss Tony. We're talking about my craft is my life. We got the fabulous author and publisher, Aaron Bebo, on. We got our next guest in the queue. You mind if we bring in our next guest and just part? Together, be no, go ahead, man. It's all love. All man. right, all right. We got Bandana Bonds kicking in the chat room door. Hey, how are yeah, you? How y'all doing, man? Shout, shout out to uh, my man right there. He was just rocking hell of jewels, too. What's mm-hmm. going on, brother? How you doing? I'm all Thank right, you. Love Thank you. Absolutely. Now, for everybody that has not had a feel of Bandana Bond's music, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your musical journey. Um, well, I'm I'm originally from uh, Memphis, Tennessee. You know, that's a that's like a, a musical continent in its own. You know, you think of uh, Memphis, you think of Elvis, you think of BB uh, King. So you know, yeah. then modern day times. You know, of course, you got you got your guys, you got your money bag, yo. But it's just a, a city full of, you know, people that didn't went through things. But you know, we 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 talk about it and we express ourselves. But my father <clears throat> was also in the military, so you know, I, I've traveled around the world. I've been to Europe, and um, that's just pretty much where my music comes from. You know, what I mean, I, I write about not only my own life, but you know, the things that I've seen people go through in their own lives. So you know. I just give you my heart, man. You know, hey, that's it. You hear it, you know, we, we can turn up or we can get real sensitive with some issues from, you know, uh, passing the lesson kids, you know what I mean, uh, uh, politics, you know, we got the Trump thing going on right now, you know, definitely the streets, mm-hmm. you know, that's where I'm from. So, you know, I'm going to make you feel it no matter who you are, where you at, I'm going to make you feel it. Uh-huh. All right. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that that's why we do what we love. Because whether you write a book, whether you write music, you have to be able to appreciate the person behind that sound, the person behind the pen, and to know that they are real well-rounded in and who they are. So whenever they're bringing you something, you get to feel their passion for what it is that you you know that they do. Tell us how you got connected with Bird School Records. Um. Well, my uh, my, my my this old head from you know around where I stay at now, because I, I currently live in North Carolina. You know, I was at a barber shop one day, and he just, you know, <clears throat> he seen me um, you know, doing a lot of things via Facebook and just hearing about, you know, the things that I was doing since I, you know, been out um, because I I did ten and a half years in prison, but we'll get to that too. But uh, he he passed me in with a lady named um Valinda Ashbury, 
And, you know, Valinda Ashbury, she uh, got the Dime Diva Entertainment, and she passed me in with um, Bird School with Jay. And it's just been love ever since, you know what I mean? You know, I, I needed the proper guidance and um, as far as to do what it is I needed to do because, you know, this is a business. So it was like people were seeing me posting things on Facebook and they was, you know, they asking me all these questions and I don't know nothing other than I just know how to write music. I know how to perform, but, you know, I don't know how to, mm-hmm. you know, get into these different kind of markets and, uh, you know, really put my music in the, in the right, in, in front of the right people, in front of the right crowds. Mm-hmm. You know, learn the business, you know what I mean, so to speak. So that's how that happened. Wow, this is Tony Bandana, and I'm glad you said that because that kind of plays into what we were talking about earlier on the show with Leisha and Bebo, which is knowing your audience. Uh, share with us some of the obstacles uh, that you went through in order to get your music into <clears throat> the audience that, that truly appreciates it and that you uh, geared your music towards. Oh, man. Um, most definitely, you know, you got some leeches everywhere, you know, no matter what kind of uh, business that you're in. But definitely in, in, in the musical world, like I said, I was posting a lot of things on Facebook. And, you know, you know, I'm just I'm 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 really immature when it comes to, you know, how the business or thing works. And, I, and I'll give you a prime example. I remember one time this dude hit my inbox and, you know, he was like, yo, you want to open up for Lil Wayne? And I was like, Lil Wayne? Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? So, you know. He sent, he sent me some paperwork, you know, some contracts that looked legit to me. It also looked legit, you know what I mean, to my, to my PR, paid the little, I think it was like, I think it got me out of like three or $400 or something like that. I don't know, but, you know, it turned out to be a fluke, you know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. you know, that that was kind of a, you know, an obstacle I had to, you know, overcome, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than, you know, besides that, just, a lot of the a, a lot of the people do do things like that. A lot of you know you got fake change promoters, so to speak. I use that, you know what I mean. And they just try to put you in these different areas, or like everybody's doing music now, so it's like everybody wants to perform. So you be so eager to perform and show people mm-hmm. what you have that you'll just put some money somewhere, and then it might turn out like you get there, you know, it's like this ain't even my crowd, you know. I, I really yeah. don't like that any of those, you know what I mean? But right. at, at the same time, yeah. it's like you can't, you can't every, you know what I mean? You have your, like I, I really speak for the people, for the struggle, you know what I mean? So it's like I know my lane of people, you know what I mean? I know mm-hmm. what, you know, what audience I'm trying to, you know, grasp, so to speak, you feel me? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to, can, can, I, can that? I ask yeah, I, I, I definitely um, speak to that. I, I also would like to ask Van Dan a few questions, too, if it's possible. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, like you, yeah, you definitely got to, um, like you said with the music, you got to definitely be knowing your audience. Like um, you said, you people get booked somewhere and you you show up there, you you may be, for instance, say, say, say a, 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 a New York artist, Booking something like in Tampa, Florida. Right. Uh-huh. He's about to lose, yo. Right. Major. He about to lose. Unless he Major. come out sounding exactly like designer. Right. Like he about to lose. I'm right. talking about just a, a straight, clean-cut New York artist. If he shows right. up in Tampa, Florida, he's about to lose because he ain't going to have no music to play a set there. <laughs> Yeah, and they're going to run him right off. Like, yo, you know what? You're out of here. 
Like, you know, who brought, who booked him? In mm-hmm. fact, right. he wouldn't even get booked. See, things like that. But like, you so you have to know your always like you gotta know even when you're dealing with music when 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 you dealing with music when the business part even with the business part. That's all. They know your demographics. They know where your music is taking off at. Like for New York artists, the first place that their music is going to hit outside of New York is going to be Philly. It's going to be one of their biggest markets immediately. And then you'll hit Connecticut and New Jersey. Believe it. And even though New Jersey right there, next to New York, like right across the bridge, it's going to hit Philly first as far as the market, the the sales of the market and the pickup and and the takeoff. Mm -hmm. For the record, you know what I mean. Like, so you got to know these things. You got to already be knowing where you, where you, how you, where your music is gonna move, where you can move units at, who's who's on the record, who you need to break the record, who can you trust to break the record. Right. You got to already be knowing things like that because you don't want to take a record. Because sometimes this will happen to an artist too. An artist, say, say right now, just hypothetically. Uh, Who's a hot DJ right now? Whoever the, let's just say it's a hot DJ right now. And Bandana got a new song. He give it to him. He's like, yo, this is it. And it really is it. And he give it to him. The DJ be like, all right, I'm I'm, I'm going to crack it for you. But he don't do it right away when it's time, like right now. Right. But Bandana's mm-hmm. so busy now. She's like, yo, let's just track the record. And then. He's like, nah, because I gave it to Kanye. Like, he's going to do it. Right. You know what I mean? And you be thinking that, and they'll let the time, artists will end up letting the time go by because they put their record in the hands of the wrong person. Somebody who might have had mm. some great celebrity, but their work ethic is fucked up. So they're right. not really about to crack the record when it's time, and it needs to be cracked when it's they got to break when it's time. And artists will get mm. caught up in that. Like, nah, I gave my shit to Ye. Like, I'm waiting on him. And then eight months later, Yadon broke a whole new group, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Right. What happened to my record? <clears throat> and then they came out with, with with something similar to what you got. Right. So you you know like it's, it's so many different things, so many different tricks of, of the trade with the with the music business. I, I I I was doing music before I even started writing books. Like I was, I really was more on the on the publishing side because I I never got a deal, but I used to write for people. Because I wasn't really, I didn't, yeah, but I wanted to be an artist, but I didn't have time for that. So I was the type of person that would be like, oh, yo, he's hot. And I might write something for somebody and then get some money and that would be it. But I learned the publishing from that. You know what I mean? I, I learned, you know, how to how to get the publishing money from doing that shit. You know, I wasn't, I never wrote no major hits. And I just small, small artists, different people. But I learned the business side from doing that. Yeah, hard, that's what it's all about. You know. Right. And what I wanted to ask you, though, because you, you said something about, um, you know, how you was making little mistakes and then you got with somebody and you needed that. You know what? I, that's, a, that's a beautiful thing. A lot of artists need to be more open and more transparent in that aspect like you were. You know what I mean? Because I feel like there's no artist development now. And Man, you need someone to develop. Yeah, you need someone to develop you. Like so many, what what it is is that rap itself, honestly, is a raw talent. It has to be developed. Mm-hmm. Like it's a raw talent. You go back to listen to any artist, the biggest artist you could name. 
Like you, you listen to Biggie Smalls on on. I love it when you call me Big Papa with Supercat and listen to Biggie Smalls on Life After Death. He's a developed artist at that time. It's two different artists there. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that's any artist. Same thing with Tupac. Like, if you, you listen to Tupac with even a, 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 a perfect example, two powerful songs, Brenda Has a Baby and um, Dear Mama. By the time Dear Mama came, his experience as an artist was and development as an artist was so apparent. It was crazy. Brenda had a baby was just raw to the, just, just raw from the circumstances of the world that he was seeing around. He just right. gave it up. It was raw talent at that point. The development came later. You know what I mean? And, and there's so many artists out there without that doesn't have any development. What do you think about that? Do you think that has an effect on music? Nah, it did, man. It's crazy that you say that because, like I said, I stay in like a a little, a little town called Eden, North Carolina, <clears throat> currently, and there's so many young dudes that be hitting me up, and it, you know what I mean. It got to the point now where I'm getting paid for it to, to help them. You know what I mean? They're like, bro, what you think it is? And it, you know, I'm I'm blunt. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna tell you. You know what I mean? Like, bro, that's that's whack. You feel what I'm saying? Right. Like. Is, is whack or or say or say this or or you know what I mean try to do it like this, you know what I mean and that's only because just like, just the other day you know what I mean I was in somebody's studio and I you know I wrote this song and I'm open you know what I mean like you said I'm open to being developed you feel me like you said it's a raw talent right. so I'm in there and the producer like yo say it like this and and it's like how he told me to do it it turned out better than, you feel what I'm saying? But that's every right. artist. That's, that's something that people, like you said, they don't know. You know what I mean? If you listen to, if you, any any rapper that you have, you know, from our time, I can't really speak about the rappers that be coming out now because they just say whatever and they get away with it. I don't think nobody's telling them nothing. But <laughs> if you listen to Eminem when he first came out and he was just spitting and when he got to Drake, if you even spit mm-hmm. spit. You know, mm-hmm. when he came out, but when he got with Dre, it, it, it's a difference between being able to spit and being able to create music. And create songs, right. Yeah, music is timeless. You know what I mean? Rapping ain't. It's a, it's a lot of people that we can talk exactly. about right now that can rap. You know, Coogee Rap is one of my favorite rappers, but Coogee mm-hmm. Rap don't have a lot of songs. He don't have a lot of music. You feel what I'm saying? So it, 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 it's definitely a, a big difference. And, you know, I've I recently was in a situation to where I went and worked with an artist that's in the game. He got a name for himself. But you said something earlier about people's work ethic. And, like, his work ethic and my work ethic was different. And even I seen, like, like damn, bro, like, you need some development. Because, like, he wasn't professional with it. You know what I mean? Like, I mm-hmm. came to handle business. Like, yeah, it's, it's all cool, smoke, drink, whatever you do. That's cool. But if we, if we going to work, Let's work because I take this serious, and it was like it's, I don't think that he didn't take it serious. I just don't think he has anybody that's constantly in his ear telling him at any given moment you can stop being a rapper. Nobody could care about you ever again in life. You know what I mean? Right. So when I'm in the studio, I ain't just trying to be a rapper. I'm in the studio asking the engineer, "What's this button right here, fam?" You feel what I'm saying? I'm if, if I see a dude with a, a video camera. I'm asking him what's up with them lenses. 
if I see a promoter, I'm asking right. him how you get into this. It's like to me, it's, it's it's bigger than just the craft that you're in. Just like you said with books, I wrote two books in prison. I ain't had the time to really sit and focus on being a a, a straight writer and doing books. But I know it's gonna come back. It's gonna come around again. Where it's like, all right. I want to do this, and I want to push it. So then I'm going to get around somebody that's been doing it to develop me as far as being a writer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. And you just shared something with us, and Danny, this is Tony, uh, that I want to delve in just a little bit uh, about these two books that you wrote in prison. Tell us a little bit about them. <laughs> um, you know, we love a good well, book. They was, they was about, yeah, they was about my life as far as um, really just about my life, and I wrote it in novel form. But, uh, it's called um, I Should Have Listened, and the other one is called, of course, I Should Have Listened Too. And that's one of the things, you know, people, you get all the time, you tell somebody you've been in the penitentiary, you know, a lot of people are ask you, you know, how did you get there? What did you go to prison for? And most of the time, if I don't know you, I ain't going to tell you because, it, it, you know, it'll scare a lot if I just come out and be like, yeah, I went to prison for uh, murder, kidnapping, and robbery. You know, you might not want to talk to me no more. If you're not from where we're from, it's just, it's not, you know, it's sad to say it's kind of normal where we're from mm-hmm. to hear something like that. But, you know, if I'm just talking to somebody that's never met me before or I know they don't understand how I might have got to that point, I just mm-hmm. simply tell them because I didn't listen to my parents. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, that's that's the idea of where my books came from. And it's just, you know, talking about my life, like I said, in in a novel form, and, you know, just that's how I came about. I was in the hole. I got in trouble. I was in the hole for about six months, you know. I was, you know, of course I was writing music. But, you know, everybody in North Carolina, a lot of the uh, great writers that we was reading, they from North Carolina in prison. They ain't never coming out, but they making money. So it was like, man, let me try to write my life in a novel form. And it was just something I did, and I fell in love with it and ended up writing two books. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. We gotta make sure. Is it, are they published and everything? Where, where, nah, where, I just, where can I, I listen? Them. I, I did. I, I ain't published them. I wrote them when okay. I was in prison. I still have them. I'm, I'm the kind of person uh-huh. that you know, when I do something, I don't want to disrespect, you know, people that are doing it. So I, I knew I wasn't gonna put my all into, you know, being a, a book writer at this moment. But I'm you know, so when glad that time you comes, said that. Yeah, when that <laughs> Yeah, because it's like, that's your craft. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, if I'm going to come to you, just like with me right now, I don't have no problem with, you know, young dudes coming up to me and asking me, you know, to help them with music. But I also tell them, like, yo, bro, don't don't waste my time or your money. You feel what I'm saying? Because if I tell you something, I know it's going to help you because it's something somebody didn't told me, and I know it's helped them. So it's like, mm-hmm. if you're going to come to me and you're going to get my advice, on how to better, you know, use your wordplay or how to say this or say that or do this, then I want to see you working. I want to see you serious about it. You know what I mean? Don't mm-hmm. just, what are you doing for to do this talent show that's coming up? Then that's it. Like, nah, I don't even waste my time. I'm grown. I got kids. Like, keep it moving. Go to somebody else that's playing with it because I ain't playing. You know, I don't, people will tell you, like, I don't even let, like, I don't be in the studio with my homeboys. I don't see the purpose. Because I'm here to do mm-hmm. something. So if you can't help me out while I'm in there, if you can't throw me some ideas, or if you can't tell me, bro, dang, I ain't really feeling that. You know what I mean? Then I don't need you in there. And I'm not going to, you know, 
write a book and just to be say I I got out of prison. I wrote a book. Or if I make it today, okay, I'm a rapper. I can live off of this fame. Nah, that's you know what I mean. My man on the phone, like that's his. That's that's what he into right now. So I want to be able to be into that with him at that time and focus on that and push that because it's always somebody watching you that wants to do it. It's always some young kids watching me. To say, okay, I want to be a book writer, but then when they meet me in person, I can't tell them nothing other than I wrote some books and I was in prison and I'm famous, so that's why I mind selling. I mess, I mess they whole little, you know what I mean, thing up. Right, right, right. for real. Like that, that makes a lot of sense, man. Seriously, mm-hmm. it really do. Like people got to start taking craft serious, even music. Like music is the music right now is just. To me, though, like, I, cause I, I'm, I'm, I'm from a different time of music, but um, I just feel like it's ridiculous, man. Like a lot of the, a lot of the music that's, you know, dominating the airwaves right. Right. And, and receiving success and and attention. But it, it, like I said, the audience, the audience right now want to be dumbed down. Right. You know what I mean? Like they want it fat. Like that's why you got Instagram and all that. People don't really want to read. No more like they don't want to do nothing that's gonna take no no significant time because they want to try to move on to the next thing. Right. You know I mean, like I made a post the, the other day, like the the problem with the world right now is that nobody cherishes moments anymore. Like people just want to live in the moment and go on to the next one. Like nobody don't want to cherish the moment. No one's cherishing moments no more. Like people just want to post a picture right now. Yeah, they just want to post it right now, and that's it. Let's move on. What's next? Right. I'm writing yeah, that so. down. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's true, though. And it's like, I think with the music game now, I think the reason why they're, you know, making certain artists, you know, famous or, or making them what's in is because, you know, the, we ain't stupid. You know what I mean? They don't want nobody to learn, like, I don't care how gangster Pac was. I don't care how gangster Big was, you know, and the things that they talk about. That was really their environment. But you can listen to their music and learn mm-hmm. regardless mm-hmm. of what right. they said. You can listen right. to Scarface and you can learn, you know what I mean? Like right. I, I could talk about the most, the worst things in the world, you know what I mean? Things that I, I didn't did and, and still do if push come to shove, but I don't give you my music without telling you, you know, the pain from it. I don't, I don't you know, tell you nothing about shooting nobody and then don't tell you, you know, how it, it haunts me, you know what I mean, sometimes how, you know, it depresses me a lot of times, you know, I don't, you know, I, I see that that mother's face, you know what I mean, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm just chilling, I'm just, you know, with my kids and it's like, dang, that mama ain't gonna never get to, you know, tell her son she love him again, you know what I mean, so mm-hmm. it's like, they, they doing what they doing now, you know what I mean, because like you said, they... There's no moment to cherish. Everybody getting high. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like everybody just they messed right. up. So it's like they just like well, hey, yeah, we turned it up. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? Like that's that's <laughs> how they do it. it. <laughs> yeah, that's real talk. Yeah. Mm. Now, Bandana, this is Leisha. I got a question for you. Now, who are your inspirations when it comes to um, the music that you enjoy to li- listening to? Um, definitely, uh, Jay Z, of course, is from my from my era. Tupac, of course, mm-hmm. from my era. Um, but I, I'm like I'm from Memphis, so you know I I like R&B music to the fullest. I probably listen to way more R&B music than I do rap. 
you know what I mean? Because that's just how I was raised. So, you know, from anything from the Temptations, Johnny Gill, whatever, you know what I mean? Michael Jackson, of course, I don't care how hard nobody is. When Mike died, all the gangsters cried. I was locked and we was in there <laughs> shedding tears. So I don't mm-hmm. care what nobody tell you. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's just, real, just, Yeah, that's real. Mm-hmm. You know, music as a whole, though. You know, I, I live in Germany, so when the whole pop wave popped in with NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys, I was listening to them. It's just I like music. I see what music does to people. So for me, it's like, you know, I'll, I I want to move people. Like, how can I make this person move? Like, I might I write I write rap music, but I write music. Period. You know, I didn't I didn't wrote for rock band. I didn't wrote for you know country. You know what I mean? Just trying to express myself or see how far I could take. You know, Michael Jordan was in the gym. He wasn't just trying to dunk. You know, he was trying to do everything in the world from every end of the court. You know what I mean? To, to perfect that craft. So that's how it is with me with music. It's like, okay, one day I'm going to be 50, and I don't really think nobody else going to be doing it when they're 50 besides Jay-Z. I don't think it's ever going to be another Jay-Z. So he like, he different. Everybody not going to make it there. So it's like, okay, well, when I'm 50, what kind of music mm-hmm. am I going to be? Because the kids is different now. You know, I don't think you. I'm going to be able to write music for them when I'm 50. Because I, I don't right. understand what they talking about now. So I know I ain't going to understand what they talking about when I'm 50. So it's like, okay, well, what else? I'm, you know, I'm trying to be very gory of this. And, and that right. goes right back around to knowing your audience. <laughs> right. Knowing your audience. I'm telling you, that, that's very important. You got, you got to know your audience because you've just spent a bunch of time pitching to the wrong people or trying to convince the wrong people. A lot of times that be the trap, trying to convince Man. Say that again. The wrong people. Wow. We have a hand up. Do you guys feel like taking a call? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, go ahead. You see that hand, Leash? Yep, we got 850661. You are live in the chat room. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Of course, y'all want to take my call. This is JCO. What's happening? What's up, Leash Rose? What's hey, happening? What's happening? hey, how y'all What's going on? How you doing? Right, uh, we living one day at a time, y'all know pretty much what I've been going through. So we just, you know, by the grace of God, we making it. You know, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm here and I'm doing what we doing, regardless of what my situation is. We got to keep this business moving. Mm-hmm. No, that's right. Well, I appreciate y'all, of course. Um, you know, y'all have always been a part of uh, Bird School Records and my platform and my movement, you know, providing my artists with a platform that enabled them to, you know, uh, be heard in other markets and um, get into, you know, experience uh, a- another part of their career. And y'all know I really love y'all and I appreciate it Um Bandana Barnes is the new wave of Bird School Records. He is, um, he is up and coming, and I plan on, you know, with me and my partner, we we pretty much gonna take him to the top. You know, that's that's pretty much yeah. what we work for. That's what we desire to do. Um, mm-hmm. He has the look. He has the sound. He has the charisma. He has the attitude, and, and best of all, he listens to. Um, you know our leadership, and and most importantly, um, that's 
a lot of what it takes today, um, artists being able to listen to soak it in, you know, and, and do it do it humbly, you know, with, mm-hmm. without asking questions and without uh, contradicting what we ask. And I mean, we we're just you know continuing to build, to strive to be great, do great things, um, you know. So yeah, y'all just look look for them to you know really be the next big thing coming from our situation. Um bandana uh bandana buns dot com is his website. Um we we got it up and running. We're still adding and doing little things to it, but y'all can go online and um now look look them up and um we get we just got a lot of great things coming, a lot of hot features, um mm-hmm. a lot of great music and uh, I'm very proud to be a part of his music career and I appreciate uh, the fact that he allowed us to, you know, be be responsible of his music and his career. So, y'all know as always, we strive to be the best, and that's all we doing. That's all. Yeah. We thank Say you. That. <laughs> that part. Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's all we know. I love mm-hmm. y'all so much, man. Y'all have been a great asset to our situation. I really appreciate it. Well, we thank you. We appreciate and thank you too. For That's sure. Right. For sure. Yeah. That was all good. <laughs> you supposed to be in the bed getting some rest. So go on lay yeah. down for I call the missus to get you. I absolutely am. I'm I'm laid back right now. I actually was asleep before right before the uh eight o'clock hour, but I said I was gonna get up and make sure that I was, you know, listening in just to make sure if there was any that we had to make for the future that we were going to get it, you know, handled accordingly. But I think he, mm-hmm. he handled himself real well, and I'm very pleased. Yes, he did. I'm going back to <laughs> sleep. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We appreciate you, Jay. I appreciate yes. y'all, too. Have a great night, and uh, let's get into hey. some of this music, man. Y'all been hearing about the man. Let's hear some of this music. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Get into that. <laughs> Take care, Jay. Thanks for calling. I right, love y'all. I'll be back. We have another hand. Yeah, we got. Yes, we got nine zero four three eight two. What's your name? Or where are you calling from? <laughs> How y'all doing? Uh, this is the author known as King Diamond, man. Uh, CEO of Diamond Cup Publications. A very, very, hey. very good friend of Mr. Aaron Bebo. You know, that's my brother What's from up, another mother. <laughs> hey, what they do, fam? <laughs> yeah, um, you know how we do. We get straight down, straight to the point. You know what I'm saying? I've been listening to the show all night, right? Um, You know, like me, you know, um, Aaron is an advocate, you know what I'm saying, for this industry, man. You know, um, it's a need for, you know what I'm saying, the industry to return to that Donna Goins form. You know what I'm saying? Right. When, um, you know, books were pure. You know what I'm talking about? People wrote from the heart. What we're starting to see now today is just, um, you know, um, and y'all know King, unlike Aaron, gonna, I'm just going to say what the fuck I got to say. Um, you got a lot of publishers who just want a few dollars, so they telling these dudes, yeah, you can write, and they pushing that shit out there. They mass producing them books, all of them the same. 
just the name of the people just changed. You feel me? They throw that shit up there for 99 cents. They flood the industry. People never see or get an opportunity to read the quality books. You understand what I'm saying? So that's the problem. You know what I'm saying? And they know, you know, if they don't like what I said, fuck them, feed them fish, you know. Um, But how y'all two ladies doing? How y'all doing? We are good. We are good. We are really good. We appreciate you calling in and shouting Aaron out. You know, baby girl, let me let me let me let me stress something to you, right? You know, the king, you know what I'm saying? I thank God for everything, you know, that's happened in my life. You know what I'm saying? Um, with the starting of the company and the things we got going on. You know what I'm saying? But I owe it all to guys like Aaron Bebo, Stephen Smalls, Alfonso Irvin, Quan. These dudes be in my ass. You feel me? <laughs> you know, I'm talking about and people will actually you. think Yeah, people will actually think that Oh, yeah, well, King, you know what I'm saying? I'm a real nigga now, to the to the bone. But I'm not too real not to accept good advice. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? These dudes came before me. They set the standard. So guess what I do? I, I, I follow. I follow those who led. You understand what I'm saying? Now, if it's one of them chunks that come from back there, you know what I'm talking about, just starting out and all that, I ain't trying to hear that shit. But... I follow who led because why? Because they are successful for number one. For number two, they if they can't tell you nothing to help you, they ain't gonna tell you nothing to hurt you. That's the main thing. You understand what I'm saying? And because mm-hmm. of them, you know, Diamond Cut and King Diamond exist. You know, point blank period. I tell the whole world, you know, you, you y'all got a billboard so I can put it on there. You know what I'm saying? And I'm thankful. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna always be thankful. That's why I support them guys, no matter where. You know, now my, awesome. my boy done promised me, you know, we're going to be in Jacksonville in March. I'm going to have my boy Aaron Bebo yeah, with man, me. You know through, what I'm man. talking about? Yeah, we're going to turn up. You know how we do. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and, and Lisa, you know, uh, uh, baby girl, let me tell y'all something. Listen, you have publishers who, you know, really don't fraternize with publishers except for when the money thing go down. You have authors who really don't fraternize with other authors unless it's about money. But then you have authors and publishers who actually, you feel me, got love for the person. Damn the author, damn that's the publisher. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And that's, that's right. what category I fall into. You know what I'm saying? So I've had the pleasure of meeting Aaron Bebo face-to-face. I've had the pleasure of meeting Quan face-to-face. You know, we tap it up. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, I'm, I might not. I'm... I'm I ain't going to lie. I'm only two years removed from not being even heard of. And yet, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, I get the respect of those who command the game. Because I don't give a damn what nobody say out there. You know, if you ain't one of these four, four, four brothers right here, your impact to the game really don't my shit. Yeah, you might have wrote a hit. You feel me? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you, you probably, you know, a lot of them, they wrote it at a time when Urban Books was just coming back on the scene. You know what I'm saying? Had they wrote it right now, they still be getting them little $40, $50 that Amazon got to shoot in. You understand what I'm saying? So they capitalized. Mm-hmm. It ain't that you got no hell of a talent. It's just that your timing was right. See, everybody ain't got talent. They got timing. You understand what I'm saying? 
Absolutely. And I'm glad that you said that because, and we appreciate you calling me and King Diamond. We're going to put you back in the queue. And But I'm glad that you said that because urban fiction has been around for a long time. They just call it something different. It's been around exactly. since the Renaissance. If you think about Cordelia the Crude, that was a book about a, a, um, a prostitute. In Harlem, right. you know, and, and just the life that people saw and what they experienced during that time. And the the hood has changed. It's evolved into different things. People are experiencing different things, and I think that's what's coming out in the pen. But like Aaron talked about earlier, knowing your audience and also knowing your craft. I don't care what industry you are in. You have to have an understanding for what it is that you are doing so that you can pull your yourself into that, that place that you need to be in. Talk a little bit about that, Aaron, and then we're going to hit you with some of this bandana bond. Yeah, yeah, I think. Let me just say this real quick. I, I just wanted to like, let's talk about this real quick on the same topic you was on. I'm not going away. Trust me, Alicia. When when you think about street lit, when you hear street literature, what what's the first thing that you the the, the first element you're looking for? Drugs. Yeah, I mean, okay, well, but but well, I think the first element that people should be looking for when they hear street literature is realness. Because when anytime you associate anybody with the streets, the first thing they're saying is, "I'm real. I'm this. I'm that. I'm stand up. I'm this." That that's that's what the streets say. So when you present this literature, and you got these people with millions of dollars and they still in the hood and they getting in shootouts and all this nut stuff that's going on. That's not street literature. Those right. are transitions of scenes. Like we got to keep it true to the to the genre. Like we got to start keeping it true to the genre and and representing that banner that was that was laid out before us from the Chester Himes and Iceberg Slims and Donald Goins and all those types. Like we gotta we gotta make sure that that banner is maintained. And that, that we're giving it up the same kind of way, you know what I mean? And as of yet, nobody ain't do it. So right now, they still stand at the top of the food chain. So that means we failing, because it's like forty, fifty years Ooh. later. You know what I mean? We failing. Wow. So we gotta, we gotta, we gotta raise the bar. And we, and the only way to do that is to make sure that we maintain those true elements and ingredients of street literature. Mm, that's true. It's funny you should mention the word ingredients because when Jay was on and he was uh, telling us all the um, attributes of uh, bandana, it all sounded like ingredients uh, to 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 exceed and to be successful, and that's what was going through my mind when he was on sharing uh, his journey with um, with bandana. So that that's another key word, ingredients, because you do need those to be successful and to move to the next level. But we're going to hit yes, some Bandana Bonds music up in the chat room. Um, Bandana, tell us about this um, piece that Leisha's about to play. Which one are you going to play, Leash? Uh He only sent me one song, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Go ahead and tell us about your albums, though, your album and the songs that you have out, Bandana. Because you have a new album out, right? We're getting ready to drop. Do we still have him? Is he still there? 
I got I got one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had I had muted the phone because the kids was loud. Excuse me. I'm a real. I'm a father for anything. They yelling at me too. <laughs> my old my old lady. They can't hear you. You on mute. That go back to the process. Of, uh, I, I haven't dropped the album yet. You know, reason being, like I said, uh, I was naive about a lot of things. You know, I was just putting music out. So you know, you, I'm on SoundCloud though. I'm on YouTube. The YouTube Bandana Bonds, SoundCloud Bandana Bonds, and I got music out there. But the album is coming. You know, I, I got at least a good four four albums worth of music. So, you know, when I say I'm coming this year, like I'm really, really, really coming. But I don't what song okay. did they sing you? I don't I don't know what song you sent. Um, we got Reload. Loaded, yeah, loaded, loaded, loaded. loaded. Oh yeah, loaded. Yeah, yeah. Definitely mm-hmm. go on YouTube. Definitely go on YouTube and um check that video out. You know, uh everything in that video is real. There, there was actually a scene in the video when you see it where the task force popped out on us, it's, it's, it's real. Like, a lot of people ask me, like, you know, hey, man, you got some – where y'all get them police at? You know, I want to put them in my video, and I'll be like, nah, bro, that, that was for real. You feel <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, that was real. Wow. I, I, I went back home. I was in Memphis. I took, you know, one of um one of, one of the producers that I work with. His name is Devin Ron Benjamin. I, and, and, you know, he's from, he from New York. He's from New Rochelle, New York. You know, but you know he he lives you know a good productive life now, and it was kind of you know for me it's normal. A lot of the stuff that we go through, like I said earlier, is normal in Memphis. So you know when they hopped out, we weren't doing them but a video. You know just to let everybody know we weren't doing nothing illegal. You know me and my homeboys we went outside with no guns, or none of that. We were just doing mm-hmm. a video. You know at the Yellowstone down the street from my grandma's house. You know what I mean? Where I'm from, you know, Memphis. I'm from North Memphis, by the way. But uh, you know, they hopped out. They were looking for somebody. You feel what I'm saying? So you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, he took off like, oh, it's time to go, and went back to the hotel room. He was like, you coming? I was like, nah, I'm good. You know, because nine times out of ten, like if they don't know me, they know my grandmama. You know, they know my mm-hmm. uncle. So you know, but yeah, loaded is definitely. It's one of those records. It's a, it's a club record. It's a street record. You know, I'm just. I'm talking that talk, you know what I mean? So, you know, check it out. You know. Hey, let's check it out. <laughs> Absolutely. Loud it. 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 Cigarello, yeah. Big Marcus just rolled up, that bitch loaded. You see this yeah. Nintendo hanging out the side of my hip? That bitch loaded. Let go! Walk up in the bank with a bag, bitch, I'm loaded. Uh-huh. Keep a bad red bone with me and she loaded. Uh-huh. Glove department full of Swiss or Swedes, bitch, I'm loaded. Uh-huh. Squeeze the trigger till it can't breathe, then reload it. Niggas talk a whole lot of shit, but be friends. Baby mama texts the only time he getting money. It's 12 months Please. 
or industry with dealing with, with publishing, you're going to get your mm-hmm. money. Somebody's going to pick up a check for you and send it to you. Right. I mean, for sure. That's awesome. Well, we have so enjoyed you, but I'm going to ask you guys a fun question collectively before you guys slide out of the chat room. And we'd like to thank all of our listening audiences online as well as uh, on the on the computer. My name is Tony, and I'm joined by my great host, Miss Alicia. We've had a great show, a phenomenal show with two awesome guests, Mr. Aaron Bebo and Mr. Bandana Bonds. Now, I'm not going to ask you guys a musical question. I'm going to because you guys already got that down pat. So I've been on this superhero kick. I know Leisha is tired of my superhero, but I'm a I'm a I'm a Marvel girl. <laughs> but Aaron, Bebo, I'm going to ask you first. If you were a superhero, what would you be, and what would your superpowers be? Now you think about yours, Bandana. <laughs> yeah. Superhero. Yes. Um, I want you to be a superhero, B. <laughs> uh, I don't. I, I, I'll probably. I'll probably be. I probably would want to. Um, have the power to. Too. Yeah, I, I probably would want to have the power to read people's minds. Oh, see, that's popular. least people want to be in others' heads. <laughs> nah, because that's like right. because. What that does, what that does, is put me in a good circumstance, no matter what, because I know how to stay away from any bad circumstance. I see it, even you know. What I mean, it's nothing invisible. There'll be no bad circumstance invisible to me. You know what I mean, that that'll take away larceny and all that. Anybody who got any bad intentions for you, you'll already know, right off off rip. All right, that's a good one, B. What about you, Mr. Bandana? See, he just, I, I, I want to change what I had initially <laughs> thought. Cause he just he went deep, some, right? Yeah, he went like extra deep. He went some old, with some old TV, ABC TV show shit deep. <laughs> I'm going to say the first, when you when you, when you said I could be my own kind of superhero, I, I'm going to uh-huh. say the first thing that came to my mind. I like to eat. Yeah. So I'd be some kind of superhero hero. Where you know my powers would be some dealing with food, like it probably when you like like Batman don't really have no superpowers. He uses what he got, so I just be like pops in the kitchen and like I just come out there with the apron and be throwing pancake mix at somebody. It'd be like superhero pancake mix or jelly, or, you know what I mean? Rolls. I don't know. It really has something to do Super with some pancake. Yeah, I you know that's how I be. That'll work. We've had some of everything up in the clip. See, Lee, I love doing this because we get all kinds of heroes up in. You know how many heroes we got in the chat room, girl? I know. <laughs> and they all, and it, they all want to be the same thing. We got the same superhero doing the same thing. Everybody reading <laughs> everybody's mind. They all invisible. But this, is, but Bandana had a, a unique one with the pancake, so he's skiing all the other superheroes while they're going about their powerful business. Right. <laughs> exactly. We want you guys to shout out your social media. We appreciate you guys for coming to kick it with me and the fabulous Miss T on Let's Chat. Shout out all your social media, any events you're going to have, anything new you have coming on the horizon. We'll start with um, Bandana. Oh, everything with me, Bandana Bonds, BandanaBonds.com. The Bandana got two ends in it. On Facebook, Bandana Bonds. On Twitter, Bandana Bonds. On Instagram, Bandana Bonds. I just 
reconstructed everything. So, you know, if you, you load something up and it don't look like a lot there, it's coming. Um, tomorrow night, Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm at the Blind Tigers. I go on at 11. New music coming, major features coming. I'm going to get with my man B right here. He's going to help me write my next novel. You feel what I'm saying? I'm yeah, we, are, we need it. I hear we all, yeah. all jokes are so we need to do some cross promotion. Oh, yeah, yeah, we need to do some. We need to do some cross promotion. I gotta. Yeah, no, nah, I'm serious. I gotta. I'm definitely about to hit you up on all your social medias. I got a. I got a book out right now. A two book series. I got two joints out on this book right now called Love, Drugs, and Hip Hop. You know what I mean? It, it deal with the music industry, you know, and the street element and a, a lot of different things. But I know we could cross promote because the audience will be receptive. And I definitely have no problem, you know, promoting your music and whatever y'all got going on over there. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. a bet. Awesome. Networking. Yeah. That's Just right. That's about. what we do is networking at its best. It's all about networking. That's just the only way you're going to push yourself forward. you got to be able to network, mix and mingle with people, shake hands, kiss babies. B, talk babies. a little bit about um, what you got coming up. Shout out your social media for those that want to get with you and where they can get your books. Uh, right now, currently, I got out New York Shorties. Go over there and one-click that. It's a collective of short stories by um, four different authors, myself included. And um, all my social media is Aaron Bebo. The next thing I got coming is uh, Broad Street Bullies, which is an extension to the um, Love, Drugs, and Hip Hop series. Ooh. And, um, yeah, that that's coming soon, like maybe April or so. And um, July, I got the, the season three of the Love, Drugs, and Hip Hop. All right. Looking all forward right. to it. Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining me, Alicia, here on Let's Chat. You know, this, the door is always open. This is your home. Anytime you want to drop something, or just come in and just, you know, share those powers that you guys got, the door is open. Hey, greatly <laughs> yes, appreciate thank it. Thank you. <laughs> you Absolutely. guys have a great evening. <laughs> All right, love. This is my chat. I'm Miss Leisha. You know, I got my girl, Miss Tony. We talked that talk. We had the greatest show, greatest conversation. If you missed any other interview, no worries. You can catch our archives here on blogtalk.com, or you can head over to iTunes or any podcast app and pull up Let's Chat with Miss Tony and Leisha. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you guys next week. And we out. Enjoy your weekend. Good night, everybody.